0: Welcome to yet another edition of the Brisbane Football Review, it's James, Scott and Adam here on a Wednesday afternoon as per usual and I suppose before we get started we should probably say Adam this will be your last show for a few weeks because you're leaving us to go overseas. I am,
1: it's uh, holiday time for me so so hopefully uh, I'm not
0: in holiday mode yet but uh, yeah no it should be good. You sure you're not on holiday mode at the moment? Holiday mode at the moment you're looking very very relaxed.
1: <laughs> Audio medium.
2: <laughs> Scott how are you? Holiday mode, I thought we'd sold him to, like, to China or something. Did you it get the transfer the fee? It's coming through, isn't it? They said it's coming. Or was it a mutual termination? It's one of those email <laughs> things. It's coming. We just sent them our bank details and now they're going to put it in, right? You no, that right? was a Nigerian <laughs> Prince. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: Speaking speaking of, you can get in contact with us, like said Prince, <laughs> at Review at gmail.com. Uh, obviously on Facebook, uh, Raw Review, which we're still working on changing. Twitter is at BNEFootball and Instagram and Snapchat are non-existent in part because Snapchat scares me. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Anyway... Bit of a loose start to the show, but let's get on to segment one with the A League review, and we'll talk about the raw drawing one-one with Central Coast, which I it doesn't really feel like a win. But I'll tell you what, after losing 5 0 to the victory, it sure as hell feels a lot better than that, right? Look, it's uh, probably
1: uh, in a step in the sort of right direction as far as it can't get any worse, but. Um yeah, it's still a lot of work needs to be done. I think um, Central Coast probably would feel the two sides a little bit more agree if they didn't pick up the three points. But again, a point on the road, you know, it stops stops the rot a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's still a long way from where we want it to be.
2: After three minutes, it felt like it was getting worse though, didn't it? Yeah, there it was a all... goal for Matt Miller. I mean, it didn't start terribly well, but it got better, as you point out.
0: Yeah, it did. But it was another slow start from the Roar. Look, I'd spent most of Sunday down the coast, and I'd made the decision to come back while the sun was still up instead of sitting on the beach, which was, after three minutes, looking like the wrong decision. As you said, Matt Miller gave an early lead for Central Coast, and yeah, the Mariners really came out firing, and
2: unfortunately didn't look like the team that's won all of one game this season. Just on the would to stay down the Gold Coast on the beach anyway, to be honest with you. I would have. That would have been my choice. I was like, "No, you guys can't." It was. Stand down it there?
1: was probably the worst possible start because that movement actually started mm. in the raw. In the raws, a corner, yeah, you know, and and probably most most other teams were were shut mm. down at some point. They've somehow passed their way from the back, um, aided by a, a pretty poor mistake from um, Conor in defence. And and in the end, they've um, they've capitalised. Jordan mm. Murray, but was a great pass yeah. to.
2: The thing is, was that not... That was in the third minute, correct? Yes. Was there not a... I'm pretty sure there was a, mo, a play very similar to that beforehand, was there not? So they'd already had a warning shot. Yeah. In the first 30 seconds of the game of something... Yeah. That the, they started with a back three, it seemed like, and the Mariners really peppered that. With their, with their wide players getting forward into those channels, they've all had a lot of trouble in the early phase trying to cope with that.
0: As you alluded to there, Adam, I feel like it's fair to ask the question, is it time to start talking about Conor O'Toole? Because... Look, we know he's a young player. There are going to be inconsistencies. And look, we we like the guy from our interactions with him. But you wonder if maybe there's just a little bit of a confidence issue right now. Because we've seen him have some phenomenal games. Like Melbourne City a couple of months ago, it just hasn't quite been able to put that into, I suppose, any sort of consistent form yet.
2: It's a confidence thing. It's also a form thing. When you're a young player, he's still a very young player, of course. He played a lot larger. but he's a young player. And if you're a young player struggling with confidence in a team that's struggling... It's very difficult to get that back. So I think if as the team gets better, I think he'll get better.
0: And the one thing that I suppose probably wouldn't be helping him either, Adam, is the fact that the people next to him just seem to keep changing every season. Oh, I was actually yeah. going to
1: make that point that it just seems like you know, obviously you build you build combinations, you know, for him as a left back with his centre back inside him, and that that's been that's been a revolving door all season long. So it'd be very very hard for him as it is to be able to serve, you know. You know, get a stable rapport with the, with, the, with the man inside of him. And look, in the end of the day, he, he did slip. Yeah, you know, he did fall over. But you know, look, that it doesn't matter. It's in the end of the day, you feel sorry for him. But it doesn't matter, especially when you you give up the that, that first goal, especially so long, which is probably about the only thing you'd rather in the third minute and not the 83rd minute.
0: And look, those slips do happen to the best yeah. of them.
2: Look at Steven Gerrard, Da-dump. best <laughs> one of one of. One of, yeah. One of the top 10,000 players in the world, maybe.
0: Well, I, well, I mean,
2: he's no Denilson, but... <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yes, moving
0: on. While it was a rough start for the Raw, it did kind of look like they, I suppose, settled after about 20, 25 minutes. And look, thanks to Jamie Young, it was still only 1-0. Mm-hmm. So there was some momentum going forward there. Jamie
2: Young was superb in this game, not just in the first half you talk about, but in the second half, we'll get to, he had two or three yeah. spectacular saves, which kept the game close for the Raw and really got something out of it. He was... On his very best form again on, su- on Sunday night,
0: we are starting to, I suppose, see the return of goalkeeper of the year Jamie Young yeah. now.
2: Ah, oh,
1: look, I think um, it's probably for him a sore point that you know he was he conceded five against um, against the victory just over a week ago, but a lot of those were not his. You know, his fault. Like at the end of the day, if you got a, if you got a porous defence or the or the, you know, attacking team adjust that much better. There's not there's not much to do. So like, it's it's these moments where you know he makes the big saves that, that keeps the, the uh, his team in the game. They're they're the ones that you know that, that make you sort of the best. But yeah, I think, I think he personally, I think he'd be pretty disappointed. You know, like it'd be mm. a build up rebuilding of form because the no keeper wants to cop five goals. Well, it's their fault or not.
0: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But. Going forward, the Raw did actually manage to find an equaliser through the unlikeliest of well, second unlikeliest of sources in Luke Devere, who got free at the back post off a brilliantly delivered corner from Eric yep. Bortiak, and Devere duly dispatched the chance.
2: Yes, he did. It's his first goal since the Champions League a couple of years ago, apparently, so it's been a fair while for him. But you're right, it was a, a good goal for the Raw, and it was in their best period of the game. They had a couple of really good chances before that in open play as well. That was... For about 25 minutes almost through the end of the first half, they were quite good. That was their best period of the game. They were pushing the Mariners back, creating opportunities, and they were well worth that goal. And oh, you'd almost oh. argue that halftime came at the wrong time.
1: Oh, look, I was actually going to say that, you know, imagine what would happen had of um, Adam Taggart not hit the crossbar from yeah. point-blank range for him. You know, that goal from the VIA, you know, obviously it's hard to say what if, what if, but just, just assume that it did. What, 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 How would the game change if Devere then, you know, goes through, you know, unmarked at, at the far post, basically, and scores? They go into two and a half time. Then what happens? So oh. it's it's a case of you know, again, it's chances being blown that you would hope that you know would be taken, which have just changed, which would have changed the game completely.
2: I hear your point, but the Mariners were really good in the second half anyway, really chasing True. the game, so they yeah. would have just done that anyway. Maybe yeah. Yeah. even maybe more so, yeah. maybe more so, but they still, they still pushed forward anyway. So yeah. I don't think it would have been too drastically different.
0: And also, I suppose, you do kind of want to mention with Adam Taggart as well, having that chance, was I the only one that thought there was an offside player and, like, that player was going to
2: get ruled out for offside anyway? Oh, in the there's build-up all, that, all sorts I of <laughs> confusion <laughs> with that assistant referee and the actual referee on Sunday. Was si- yeah, because yeah, yeah, Simon yeah. Hill was yeah, commentating
0: yeah. it with Nick Meredith. And by the way, those two did a phenomenal job. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nick, yeah, like who would have thought Nick well, Meredith... something in
2: the flag yeah. not communicating properly with the referee or something. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, an issue with the... Um,
1: I think, the headset yeah. system, I think. So that, that was causing troubles, it was.
2: Because, yeah, from what
0: I remember, in the build-up to that Taggart miss, yeah. where I think the assistant put his flag up and the ref said, no, 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 no yeah. keep playing. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's now sort of an impact of what we're seeing with VAR, mm. where they're saying, okay, I see it, but we're going to play on and see how it unfolds. Yeah. I'm
1: pretty sure it's Matthew Conger's first um, appointment of the season. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen him on the, on the forehead. Of course, he's a New Zealand FIFA referee, so he's not it's not like he's... You no, know, he and, knows what's on. Not, about. He, yeah, so but yeah, I just find it very strange that I I, I never really like seeing um, referees at this top level overruling their yeah. their assistants, whether it's for good or bad, because then it does cause issues, you know, of confidence with the linesmen and all that. So, but look at the end of the day, yeah, it, they, it play on or not. You know, I take it, hits the crossbar, and, and yeah. It's, and kind of
2: disagree with that. I'd like to see the referee do that. If he thinks it's yeah. close with an offside like that, I'd rather let the play go. How many times we've seen, the Raw, particularly last season with the Raw, when there were very close calls given against them that were proven to be wrong in the end. The Massimo put, Macaroni special. Yeah, the clear opportunities oh. that were denied to them because the, referee put the assistant referee put his flag up right. too soon. I would just rather, okay, I see it, to your point, James, and then just let the play go.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on to the second half. Now, no goals to talk of, but I suppose the overarching theme there was the Mariners really pushed for a win, but the Roar managed to resist
2: those charges. I think the Roar also had, they were probably a bit fatigued as well. I know they made a lot of changes, I think five to the starting line, but you had the game midweek as well. Yeah. They've had a lot of midweek games lately, so I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit of fatigue in there as well. Yeah. That absolutely. led to the Mariners also... Yeah, getting more advantage other than the fact they were also confident as well because don't forget they've had their first win in 300 and something days or whatever it 327. was. 327. Yep. Yeah, so they were obviously confident going into the game. So,
0: And I will just bring my day job into this a little bit in the preview that I did for that. I did make the joke that you can't back both of these teams to lose. Well, <laughs> just about did. <laughs> but anyway, over, I want to sort of finish this with a bit of an mm-hmm. overall opinion overall opinions on a couple of things. First of all, we saw the rule start off with a 3-4-3 and Mm -hmm. proof that I was a little bit slow. It took me 15 minutes to (laughs) realise Alex Lopez wasn't playing. But what do we make of the overall formation, 3-4-3?
2: I think it was more to suit the personnel that were available when you think about it because there were obviously a lot of players unavailable which we'll get to later on. So I think it was a team built to suit what was available on the day. And it it worked okay once they finally got used to it because the first five minutes they struggled. But once they got used to it, particularly the wide players, they're so important in a formation like that. Once they got the hang of where they needed to be with and without the ball, it started to work quite well.
1: I think it puts pay to the fact that you know Jacob Pepper now is a, is a defender, because that would have been the opportunity. That would be the opportunity for him to be playing in midfield under their mm. usual formation. But the fact is that they've gone to the three at the back with Pepper as a centre back, suggests that you know he's he's done as a midfielder. He is now a defender. Yeah.
0: And also, five more yellow cards for the raw players in that game. And I know this is something that you are very you feel very strongly about, Scott, yep. but. A big lack of discipline there.
2: It's a huge lack of discipline. And you mentioned Simon Hill and Nick Meredith earlier. They they brought this up in the first 15, 20 minutes. They brought 38 yellow cards now for the season, the most in the competition, the most fouls in the competition, the most penalties conceded in the competition. This is against what Brisbane have always been about, to the discipline.
0: And as the point I was trying to make earlier as well. Like, I know I you know make a bit of fun of Nick Meredith, but he's been phenomenal like yeah. with his commentary efforts the last month. So, credit where it's due. Mm. That was a very good point that he brought up. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it is, it is, it is an issue, and I think a lot of times as well, it's it, it just shows that you know this this squad at the moment they seem to be struggling, they seem to be a step behind the plate. A lot of these fouls are you know not not last man fouls, but they're niggly sort of you know because they've been beaten, they've they've either been too early or too late you know for a tackle, or it's sort of pulling back because you know to, to break up a counter. It it really suggests that you know. If, for whatever reason a lot of the players in this in this squad at the moment are just not reading the play or they're just not skillful enough to be able to you know get their timing right because it's just yeah look it's it's just it's not the Brisbane royal way okay.
0: and how many of those calls could you really argue with as well like how many of them did you look at and go was that really a yellow not card maybe. or even a foul
2: i can't think of too many in this game that's what I, I, yeah. I maybe in, maybe back. in previous weeks you think back to one or two maybe but like I Not the, the majority, you would say, were well-deserved.
0: Uh, and against... Like, the only one that really jumps out as a... Was that really a yellow card? Was when... Uh, against Perth a couple of weeks ago, when Matt Mackay questioned a decision, and then, you know, a couple of... Well, there there
1: couple has been a few a few cards for dissent as well, which, you know, yeah. again, it, it speaks, to the, so it speaks yeah. to the frustrations at the moment that are within the playing group.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't mind the actual fouls during the play, if you're, like, breaking up the play. I understand that. It's the dissent ones that Adam's talking about, and also just just hacking players down when you're yeah, when you're, when you're behind them. in the game and you're just frustrated, they're the ones that really get on my nerves. Cause we'll get to it in segment four. When it happens so many with so many players at the same time, this is what happens but we'll get to that later. Just one thing I note
1: that's not on the run sheet that probably we're probably um obliged to talk about as well is what was it a handball? Huh? The the hand the handball decision. I
2: don't even with, remember
1: uh,
0: the one that was that the one that came off his armpit? Yeah. I would say no, but considering the wide and varying interpretations we've seen of yeah. the handball rules, I'm now actually having the image come back into yeah, my head now. I as still you talk can't about remember it. Well, Hence why I didn't put it in the run sheet, clearly. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But no, I, I don't think that was a handball <laughs> considering the way that 90% of referees adjudicate those things. I will counter that, though, as one other thing. When uh, Eric Bortiak got Nigel de Jong and karate kicked in the chest, should that have been a red card?
1: Oh, if I had seen
2: it, yes. <laughs> then should that
0: not have been something VAR picked up on?
2: You can make a case for that, actually. Mm. you got a I'm just, point sa- there. I'm just yeah. saying,
0: like, there's... Yeah. Uh, but overall, though, I don't think you can really complain too much about the officiating. No. All right. Now, it is now past the midway mm-hmm. uh, point of the A-League season. Brisbane, eight points from 15 games. That's less than ideal. Uh, biggest surprise of the competition, Brisbane aside, I think we're all going to be in pretty unanimous uh, thoughts here. Yeah. Wellington.
2: Yeah, I think we all picked Wellington to finish 10th in this season and they've been absolutely superb with yeah. Mark Rudin over there. They've surprised everybody, not just us, but absolutely everybody with the way they've played. I and can't wait to leave the Canberra Phoenix. That's yeah. going to be so much fun to watch. <laughs> well, they keep this up. They might not because they yeah. finally got a good crowd there last time they played at home. So hopefully well, they're playing for right start, now, yeah. so we might have to check on hopefully that. Hopefully the yeah. crowd over there is pretty good for them again because they deserve it the way they've been playing. They've surprised everyone this year.
1: Yeah, look, uh, for me, For me, Wellington, um, yeah, look, a big surprise. Um yeah, look, other than that, I'm, I'm surprised that Western Sydney are going travelling that badly at the moment.
0: Yeah, You didn't pick them to finish second this year, Adam.
2: This is where I point out I finished picked them to finish ninth in this season. So if yep. the Raw can just get above them, I'll be quite happy with that. Well,
0: they will have a chance to do that on Friday night <laughs> in a doubleheader <laughs> yes. at Suncorp Stadium, but we'll talk about that a little bit more yep. later. We're going to take a quick break now and come back with segment two talking about the W League and Youth League. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James, Scott and Adam here this afternoon in the Adam temporary farewell, leave of absence, hiatus, whatever you want to call it. Scott, yes. are you looking forward to being stuck with me for the next couple of weeks? The room in your suitcase. <laughs> come on.
1: I can can fit. I'm sure our cavalcated guest hosts will be able to uh,
0: accommodate.
2: The flight's not that long. I can survive in the suitcase. You (laughs)
0: want (laughs) to (laughs) bet? Yes, we'll have a couple of uh, guest hosts lined up as we have in the last couple of years when you've taken your end of summer trip. So, anyway, let's go on to segment two, talking about the W League first of all. And I'll tell you what, Sydney FC, can we not see that W League side again for the rest of the season? Because you know what? it's really frustrating losing to them.
2: Can we just say you can't play Caitlin Ford anymore? You've got five goals in two games this year against the Raw. Just take Caitlin Ford out of it and it's fine. That's right. So,
0: yeah, Sydney FC jumped out to an early lead. 30th 30th minute goal to Tobin and then Ford with a penalty which Mm -hmm. I guess was a penalty. It was soft but
2: probably justified. It's one of those if there was VR in the W League if it was given it's not going to be overturned but if it's not given it wouldn't have been given. So it's... It was One of those a 50, 50, to the referee's well, yeah. determination. It wasn't a howler; Subject it was a yeah.
0: call. And if you're a raw fan, then it was the worst thing I've ever seen, ever.
2: So <laughs> yeah, I've heard that said about it. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. All right. So
0: first and foremost, let's get uh, Brisbane Raw W League coach Mel Andretta's thoughts on the game.
3: Uh, mixed feelings, really. I think um, you know going down early. I think it was a bit run against play. Um, I thought we started well and we had um, control of the game there. Um, a much more positive start than our previous encounter uh, with them, and we conceded. And and then again, um, you know, I'll look at the footage. I'm not sure on that. And then we're two nil down, but this group doesn't give up, and they scored a good goal. Um, after many chances. Um, just before we go into the break, so it's mixed feelings. I'm obviously disappointed, we all want to win, but there's lots of positives to take out of the game with players returning. Um, You know, a a 17-year-old starting her first game um, against, you know, US national team players. uh, And Hayley making her return, so uh, that's exciting. Um, And we have Chi yet to come back, so We'll take the positives of it out of it, and um, the areas that we can improve um, into next week's preparation.
0: So obviously, you know, not too upset. I suppose mm. all things considered, uh, Mel Andretta. There, I think some coaches I can think of probably would have been blowing a gasket okay. there. But considering the situation, it actually wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Like they were well and truly in it, and Alira Toby's equaliser. Yeah. Just another phenomenal effort. More
2: well, than equaliser was a goal back. Equaliser. Yeah. They, had a had a l- day. they had a lot of chances outside of that anyway to get back into the game, particularly in the second half. A lot of opportunities. Didn't have their shooting boots on, unfortunately, on Saturday afternoon.
0: And that's where the absence of Chi Ibogegu was really missed. I think that was, but um, look, you've got to give
1: credit to um, the Sydney defence. They they were, they were pretty good. They were immense, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's, it's one of those ones where, look, just on Toby's goal, that was, you know, that was... Pretty good. Yeah. She, beat, she was able to to beat four um, four defenders and then just went straight through and rounded um, the keeper Bledsoe. Um, and yeah, and you would have thought actually that that goal, the way so the, the, the pop it gave, the, the sort of lift, you would have hoped. And then again, it's maybe a case of maybe half time came too soon. Otherwise, yeah. they could have they could have been talking equaliser. So, but um, yeah, the that was probably a highlight. There were there wasn't too much um, the bit of controversy on the on the third goal that put put. Um, Sydney outreach, reach, but
0: well, why don't you take us yeah. through that one then, Adam? Because it was Caitlin Ford adding a yeah. second of the game and a fifth in two games against the Raw this year.
1: Yeah, look, it was um there was a foul on I think it was Yuki Nagasato I think in their own half, which yeah it was yeah it was yeah I'm just trying to remember, <laughs> and um and yeah and, what, and from then, sure whereas I think some of the players have stopped to remonstrate, basically Sydney have just gone on the counter attack and um left it left it Caitlin Ford to sort of. Yeah, you know, beat Mackenzie Arnold, and that was the game.
0: Sydney yeah. with the heads-up play. That I suppose you, you know, you, if you're a fan of any side, you want your team
2: to be yeah. the one to make. It was a cool finish as well from Caitlin mm. Ford as well. Yeah, want, and also just back to Lira Toby, it's four goals in five for her now yeah. as well, possibly making a late run for the Matildas World Cup squad as well, given her form in the last month.
0: And look. At the start of the season and going back to last year, you know, there might have been some thoughts that maybe there weren't enough goals in this Raw side, but I think O'Leary Toby's really doing a good job putting those concerns because to rest.
1: Being a proven goal scorer, like, it's not a bad fall to have behind, um, behind, you know, obviously the, the, the three we think that was you know, that were, yeah, on the plane to France, you know, be, be it, uh, it Kai Simon, be it Sam Kerr and Caitlin Ford. I think that's undisputed, but, you know, I would start questioning the, the backups of as far as scoring goals that the moment, you know, in the traditionally it's been Lisa Davana, Michelle Heyman. Yeah. They haven't really been doing too much in scoring wise. So, you know, someone that like Olira Tybee in form could be a smoky yeah. to suck in there. But was, but there is also plenty of um, choices and options yeah. in that.
2: We'll or, get on the yeah, Matilda's say, well, Insert new manager here can test that in the Cup of Nations, can't they? <laughs> but what the, what for the rule the, the lack of goals has always been the one concern over this side, because defensively they've been superb, and it's good to see that there are goal-scoring options emerging in this side.
0: Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like, you, How do you become a proven goal-scorer? By yeah. scoring goals. Yep. So I think eventually going forward now, Toby is going to develop more and more of a reputation as that sort of... Yeah. Well, for lack of a better I think phrase, it's also the, the, goal way the
1: way she's scoring yeah. goals as well because normally she's she's sort on the end of a pass or anything like that. But that but that goal that she scored on um, on Sunday actually was no Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Sorry, yeah, I'm
2: losing track of the days. You really aren't holding. Them, are
1: yeah. You? <laughs> yeah, so It was Saturday, Saturday evening. Um, yeah, look, and that's um, yeah that that was yeah you know, the way she beat those defenders and whatnot. It just is string in her bow. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. And the fact like what's really been most impressive for me is the fact that there's a really good high press from her there. Yeah.
2: Also scoring all different types of goals. This was a a good goal running through with her feet. Scored a couple of headers as well, so there's also different types of goals there.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, a loss less than ideal for the Raw, but they they are still in third place. One clear of fourth place, Perth and Melbourne City, and two points clear of sixth place, Adelaide, and five points clear of Friday's opponents, seventh place, Canberra. So, basically... Unless Canberra win Friday night's game at Suncorp Stadium, yes, you it can is pretty much Canberra.
2: rule them out of the race. Well, for the Royal, that unfortunate loss on set, they probably ends the premiership defence hopes because they're what three points behind, two points
0: behind Melbourne victory. Who will have
2: a game in hand against Canberra as well. So keep that in mind. Canberra have got a game in hand because their game on last Thursday got um, stormed out. Stormed out, yes.
1: And also as well, they could probably also thank uh, Western Sydney Wanderers for finally you know for finally getting a win on the board, which was probably deserved when they beat Adelaide, which really, if it had, had the doc on the other way, that could have really complicated matters because Adelaide would have moved to the third. So this, but this it's, um, it's ladder... It's setting up a phenomenal yeah. final it's, yeah. of weeks. It is,
2: because right over it, it's just reverse psychology tactics, saying we're out of the finals picture altogether, and now they're, what, a point they're, out of the top four or whatever no, it the, is? On goal difference. On goal yeah. difference out of the top four, so maybe they're not out of it altogether after all.
0: So there's still a lot to look forward to coming up. This Friday, 4.20-ish p.m., I think, at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Something it's, like that. It's going to be, yeah, Brisbane rule against Canberra. I'll tell you what, it's well worth getting back to. Uh, yeah. Chi Abogu is expected to be back from international duty. As you can hear, actually, there's one thing we completely forgot to mention.
2: Haley Raso. Yes, Raso's back.
0: Hey, yeah. How, could how you dare
2: you forget that? It was in the run sheet and everything.
0: Yeah, I know. I just can't read. Yeah.
2: But we should <laughs> no, say it's great to see her back. Like, it wasn't. But 15 seconds into the second half, had a fantastic chance. It just probably came a bit too soon for her, in truth.
0: Yeah, and rem- uh, actually, in our um, like group chat, because I was at work, I messaged you guys and said, "What are the bets?" is going to come on and score a double f- to win the game.
2: Yes, but before you even sent that, the, that chance had been and gone. So she'd already offered to flying star. I
0: sent that during halftime. You just didn't read it.
2: That was probably true.
0: But you will get another chance to see Hayley Russo in person Friday afternoon. So there's a, and a win would basically secure a final spot for the Raw and really put the pressure on Sydney potentially for a home final. Yeah, look,
1: that, yeah, look. If if that's what Hayley Russo is capable of after being out for a long time, and she comes on and look. She's only gonna get better. Yeah. It was so, a broken, freaking back. exactly. Yes, it that's was. exactly it. You know, it, it is. It is one of the you know the feel-good stories of of the year, and especially yeah. what is to come. You know, as well, like she will only get better. Yeah. You make so a look good, out.
2: So you make a good point as well about the top two with Sydney because they play out victory in the last round as well. I think it is so. For them, that's a match up if it goes the right way for the Royal, It could see them back in the top two and maybe a rematch against Sydney S C.
1: This, this, is, this is going right down to the wire this uh, W League season.
2: Yes,
0: so, look, we know that there's a bit of hostility towards the A-League side right now, but if you do want to go and see, like, a Brisbane Raw team competing for the finals, the W League is certainly in the mix. So and
2: get down early as well for this game against to Canberra, because if things don't go the Raw's way in Dela fixtures, this could be the last home game of the season. Yeah. So get down early and watch them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's well and truly worth there. And look, what... If you're there already for the W League, stick around for the A League anyway, because I've got an interesting feeling about that game, but we'll get to that in segment four. Now, we're going to go on to the Brisbane Royal Youth and talk about their 2-1 loss down in Adelaide. So, Conference A is still in Brisbane's hands despite that loss. Thank you, Perth Glory. Yes, (laughs) things we haven't said a lot on this show. (laughs) (laughs) But, it is also worth mentioning that a Royal player was sent off, but it wasn't Aaron Reardon.
2: No, it wasn't Aaron Reardon as previously reported from Adelaide social media accounts. It was Jordan Courtney, I believe. His fellow centre-back partner, so that was the confusion there.
0: I mean this in the nicest possible way, but doesn't Aaron Reardon's haircut kind of distinguish him from Jordan Courtney? (laughs) If it doesn't, his
2: number on the back surely should.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just just checking Uh, to see if it's
1: actually been updated on the uh, Football Live app. Was it a Mark
2: Clattenberg moment I'm thinking of, sending off the wrong player? Probably, we'll say <laughs> it was well, him anyway. He's not going to come and find us for saying it anyway, is he? No, I don't think he's one of our couple of hundred listeners. I'm good. Well,
1: apper- apparently, uh, the FFA still think it's according to the my football
2: live that. Yes, we'll get to the FFA later on and their problems. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's. I've got a feeling that's at least their problems. Yeah. Speaking of, we should probably get over, get this
0: over and done with quickly so we can get on to segment three yeah. because there is a lot to talk mm-hmm. about. So. Uh, what is it? Yeah, Raw play Melbourne victory at Lakeside on Friday afternoon. Uh, winner secures uh, I mean, it... f- the first spot in the Youth League grand final. Yep. And a draw or loss opens the door for City, who kick off 30 minutes later in Adelaide. So, Raw and City are tied on 13 points, but the Raw have a vastly superior goal difference, thanks probably in large part to that uh, Sunday morning just before Christmas out at Lions.
2: Entirely thanks to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Adelaide is still technically alive on 10 points, but need a win, Raw loss, and a mammoth goal difference swing. So, this is what you want going into the final round of the competition. Everything is in your because
2: hands it's in Because it's the Raw and the Wild I had to include the Adelaide possibly because it's just the sort of thing that would have happened in years gone by. <laughs> you discount that possibility and it's the one that would end up happening. So it, it you, is technically possible. Are you getting flashbacks to the 7 08 A-League season with a final round trip to Adelaide? I'm getting all sorts of bad flashbacks with premierships on the line and everything else. Also, don't forget the one in Melbourne a couple of years ago, which I was like talking about as well. I, I think enjoy. the
1: interesting thing that I think we're watching to be in the, hour, in the hour or so preceding this game is that who actually plays in that weather, yeah. the, what what the club's attitude is towards this game, where they, they really go for it, which would probably, and we'll talk about in segment mm-hmm. four, well obviously, you know, could really make selection interesting for the senior yeah. team, but that... I think that will be a very, very big you know, sort of window into the minds of the club at the moment, depending on their selection for that Youth League game. because Look, win and you're in. It's
2: simple as that. We'll find out Thursday as well, actually, because when they name the actual oh, guess, A-League course, squad. Yeah. So.
0: so by the time half of you are listening to this, that'll...
2: Yeah. Anyway, let's take a break and come
0: back and talk about the national team, shall we? Okay. Alright, I'm sure that won't have any drama about it whatsoever. This mm. is Brisbane Football Review.
2: You're listening to the Brisbane Football
0: Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with a slight distraction in the background of the Sydney FC-Wellington-Phoenix
2: game. Go oh, Wellington. It's I a, never thought I'd hear you say a, that. A, hey, I'm a, not the one You're the Wellington haters.
1: It's a, it's a mini big Wednesday. Yeah. we have got three games to five.
2: Which
0: actually isn't too bad. So there's a lot to look forward to. I'm still calling it the F3 derby tonight, by the way. Just getting that out there. It no always should be. Absolutely. But now, we need to go on to a bit more of a national stage, shall we say. We've got news first, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that's not national. Anyway, go on. Well, it could be international, depending well, on how they're feeling.
0: Well, the roar have announced they're going to form a coaching advisory panel to determine the new coach, consulting of an ex-international in Jade North. Okay, well As played. well as David Perret, Managing Director, Craig, Craig Duncan, High Performance Manager, Raheem Sok- Sokase, I really have Sokash. to cash. So cash. Yep. Okay. Chris Fong, vice chairman. Dinovich, football director. Rachel Sakuri, outside consulting firm. A um, couple of new names that have gone come into the mix. Stephen Constant, Constantine, the vampire hunter, from uh, <laughs> he, he just wrapped up a tenure with India at the Asian Cup, which I still don't know how India didn't make the knockout stage. And Sven Joran Eriksson, who's just wrapped up his time with the Philippines. Now,
2: who I can believe didn't make the knockout stage. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, the Philippines yeah. didn't win their first game. What was it 4-1? No, yeah. no, they didn't. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: My, so, my, mind you, the performance
0: was probably worthy of a
2: 4-1. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs>
0: Alright, so we'll talk about those two names first. Yeah. Constantine.
2: There's a lot of people quite high on him because he gets the best out of what he has, which I think is an interesting way I, way of looking at it. To me, I've never actually... Outside the Asian Cup, I've never even heard of him, so... No, he's hard for me to really. It's hard for me to really gauge, and I didn't really see much of India either in the Asian Cup, so it's really hard for me to gauge what his, his sort of management style is. But if he, you know, what I read, he's a sort of coach who gets the best of what he has, and in the A League with a salary cap, that's something for that to be said.
1: Yeah, look, um, he he did take India from 177th to 99 yeah. or something like that on the on the FIFA rankings, which. Which is which is a a, um, which is a decent achievement. Um, it's, it's, on the other hand, there's also been a bit of sort of questioning and sort of opposition, to that, including a former Raw player who's currently playing in India, Eric Cardaloo. Oh, I was going to say remain nameless, but it's <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. It's all yeah. out in public. So oh I'm no, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> no. There's no uh, secret society there. But yeah, but that's his that's his opinion, and you no, know, it is what it is. Um, but um, <laughs> but yeah, look. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I think I think it, it, he, he brings some experience. He's obviously well travelled. Um, obviously, you know, coming you know the question of can he convert? You know, going from national team coaching back to club coaching, um, that's always you know a question. But look, you know, at least at least it's garnering interest outside of um, Australia. Yeah,
2: and both these guys actually have come out publicly over there in at the UAE and said they both would like this job. It's not that the raw have pursued them, it's they've pursued the raw job. There's something to be said for that as well. When you're talking about two highly experienced managers, if they actually do want the job, that makes them actually towards the top of all this, I would have thought. Well, one thing that actually
0: jumped out at me was I think it was uh, the quote from Ericsson which said, I know I'm 70, but I'll get bored if I'm not coaching football. So there's still clearly a lot of energy there. My only concern Mm. with him is the fact that I remember him being... Already a little bit potentially outdated in the early days, like in the early days of when I was starting getting football in the early 2000s. So, has he been able to adapt his management style now to a modern culture?
1: Oh, look, I think I, I think you know for for the raw, I, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing. I think because not not only is he a name, which those are sort of the older football folk, especially that you know maybe maybe the younger generation probably are not. Well versed with Sven and Eriksson's achievements, especially in European club football, but um, look, I think I think for me, what would be attractive about him being given the job is that he's a name he could probably attract, you know, a high quality, you know, uh, marquee player. But also the most important thing as well is that there's got to be a succession plan. He's seventy years old; he's not going to be coaching forever. Therefore, it might be good opportunity to get him in, but also as well the whoever they hire as an assistant especially if he doesn't bring someone in himself, Um, that would be a succession plan for one or two years. And maybe this is where one of the local guys could learn, get a very good education under him.
2: Completely agree with all that. The only thing I'll say is I believe it's about 15 years since he won a trophy in management. Obviously, he's with England for most of that time, which is kind of a handicap given they can't play football very well, particularly in penalty shootouts. But (laughs) but, I think i all the way back to Lazio, I think it is, when he last won a trophy. Yeah. In the late nineties with them in the Serie A, which was actually at the time a really strong competition, but the quality of teams in that competition that was a much yeah. stronger competition na- then than it is now. And from memory,
0: yeah. his time with Manchester City was before the uh big money came in as well. Yeah. I completely
2: forgot he was even there actually. I do remember also so when, City fans. Yeah. Well <laughs> yeah. he was so well thought of back in the day that when Ferguson was going to retire the first time he was gonna be the man appointed. Yeah. So he was yeah. obviously a highly credential manager.
0: Yeah. Look, I think there's a lot to still unfold, obviously. I'm just actually coming around to the idea of hiring a manager before the end of the season, just so that they can make a fair evaluation on the guys that... Are still here, and that they may want to. I try think it's and a similar
1: pattern to what um, similar pattern to what Mariners did with Mike Mulvey, where he was appointed before the end of the season, but didn't actually take control of yeah. of the side. I think because obviously as well, there's a lot of background stuff that needs to be done, especially at the Raw, especially you know rebuilding the side. So you know, I, I don't I don't know if there's any point in hiring whoever it is. Um, to take over the last three or four games of the season. Let, let Darren Davies have the rest of it. Um, the club have come out and said he will be the uh, manager for the foreseeable future. I think you know, he deserves, yeah. the end of the season, to at least audition to, to keep the job.
0: Yeah. And just on Davies as well, like I don't think you can really give him a complete and fair evaluation considering what he's had to deal with in the, yeah. what, not even... No, it's a month.
2: <laughs> about, about a month. Mm. It's not even a month yet. No, four, was... four weeks, basically. Yeah. Also, you've got to remember... If we're looking at a succession pa- plan potentially, he could very well be that manager. Drop back to be the assistant to fan and then take over after that. There's, you can't rule that possibility out either.
0: Or a certain coach from
2: Richlands. All right, you're trying to get us banned from there, are you? No, yeah. of course not. They're too good to us. <laughs> actually, I got—I was out at the Silver Boot uh, Friday. So listening to this, that was James. <laughs>
1: yeah, not me. I, I will say, I was one morning? The... Yeah,
2: yeah, you do actually. <laughs> anyway, go
0: on. I'll leave that. A lo- I'll leave that off air. Um, yeah, I was at the Silver Boot on Friday and. God, that's a nice place to be in in the late afternoon. It is, actually. Very scenic. Anyway, let's move on to the Asian Cup. Touch on this quickly because in terms of a game of football,
2: it was one of them. It's also kind of the second biggest national team story going around.
0: Exactly. So, (laughs) we'll just quickly touch on the fact that Socceroos threw to the quarterfinals on penalties against Uzbekistan. I suppose the best thing to come out of this is the fact that no other potential opponent is going to sit sit back and part... Sit, sit back, and park the
2: bus the way it was. Uzbekistan did. The best thing actually was the great cup of coffee I had at two a.m. to stay awake and watch this stuff.
1: Yeah, I uh, thank you because I was <laughs> I was on um, I, I was on duty on, on Facebook on on uh, uh, that, that night, and I I got I got halfway through extra time, I had to hand it over to Scott to, to finish off. I was just that that tired. So I was already.
2: It was also a dreadful game to watch. No. There yeah. wasn't many chances in this game when you, which you mentioned. I mean, Uzbekistan started off quite well, probably. A good say for Matt Ryan, soccer has got better when Leckie came in, but it just, like a lot of the big teams in this tournament, I mean, Korea weren't convincing in their game, Japan weren't convincing, Iran are hardly convincing, oh, so all the big nations actually aren't firing yet, which is kind of interesting given where we're the approaching. Hosts were, the hosts were very lucky. They were very lucky. Yeah. I think Kyrgyzstan hit the post. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. Didn't they hit the post three times Kyrgyzstan or something ridiculous That's that's So all, all the big nations expect to go f- deep into this tournament haven't really hit their straps yet. And we're getting towards the time where they're going to have to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Someone's so, going to have to step up. Yeah. And speaking of stepping up, again, another player that I've heckled quite a lot, Robbie Cruz. Phenomenal penalty. You
2: and the rest of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> not not only have Australia been heckling, the referee was talking to him as well. <laughs> well he's stepping up to take his penalty, the referee's talking to him. What are you doing? You can't w- were do Were they that. doing the basketball thing? I'm not sure what was going on. Surely you shouldn't be talking to the... The player, when you step up to take a penalty like that, I mean, it was a, a really well-taken penalty given the circumstances. Just rocketed it into the yeah. top corner. Anyway,
0: yeah, so the Socceroos are through. Obviously, there's, you know, a little bit of concern going forward about just how close to 100% they are, but I kind of feel like now it's a pass for Graham Arnold. Like got to the quarterfinals. Yeah. They're now taking on the hosts. You actually actually, you know, spoiler alert for the preview I wrote for work, but... You know, it's kind of a reverse of four years ago. You've got the home side looking to lift the trophy on uh, in front of their fans, and the other guys are trying to play spoiler, just yeah. quarter final instead of the semi final.
2: It's entirely possible. I mean, UAE have been we've well, really been really good in Asian football for a while, but this tournament as well. They have another one who haven't really hit their strap yet. I mean, Adam's right. They were very lucky against Kyrgyzstan. Mm. Has anyone actually? Hit? I, I don't I'm know. Not really. Oh, no. China were pretty good in the second half against Thailand, but. Even so, Honestly, they were yeah, still I, a goal down by then. So,
1: other than the results where you expected, you expected where like obviously, like Iran putting five past Yemen, um, Uzbekistan beating Turkmenistan 4-0, there really has not been many results where you'd say, Yep, that that nation has hit their straps. they're they I, I think this is still anyone's tournament. I think there's really been very, very little form from the teams expected to so, soccer is included. They have really not hit Top Gear yet, and I actually think that 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 to me is very exciting. I think for this Asian Cup because at some point, yeah, someone's going to have to step up and take it.
0: All right, so it's Saturday. I think it's two a.m., three a.m. Brisbane time.
2: It's 1 I'll 30 be thirty a.m. Brisbane time, I believe. You sure about that? It's two thirty Sydney time, based on the graphic they put up. Or is that when the broadcast starts? Maybe. Because I'm pretty sure well, they all start on the hour. All I know so is... it might I, be 2 o'clock Brisbane All I know off. is I've
1: got my fingers crossed that Eddie Haddock gonna be showing, uh, <laughs> showing the game live on, on the uh, in-flight, whatchamacallit, because, uh, yeah, that's yeah. the only way obviously. Otherwise I'll be Otherwise, I'll be checking my phone when I touch down
0: Abu Dhabi. I will be watching it probably on delay, spoiler-free, after...
2: yeah, I'll send you all sorts of text messages about what's happening, so... That's what Do Not Disturb is for. All right, that's so I can that's find what, a way... That's
0: what, that's what flight mode's for. Alright, so just quickly, will the Socceroos get past the UAE? Scott.
2: It's anyone's tournament they have, a, they have a chance of it. I didn't think they would but get off the fence. Okay, yes. Patriotic. It's Australia Day. When they kick off it'll be Australia Day. Yes, I'll win. Adam? Yes. Yep, I'm gonna
0: back them in too. I think it's I think they're going to concede I think they're gonna concede their fourth goal of the tournament, but I feel like they're gonna score a few more.
2: It will be close though. It yep. won't be a convincing win. I think
0: it'll be two one. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Yep. Uh, now on to the PR disaster. I mean, the Matildas. <laughs> so both mutually exclusive. So was it Saturday morning or late Friday night? Actually, yeah. Rumour started to break out that Alan Stadnick yeah. was going to be relieved of his duties. I think it's a diplomatic way to put that. We'll go with that. He has been, yeah. So he was relieved of his duties as Matildas coach, and that's all we really know for certain right now. There's a whole bunch of speculation flying around online. You know, it's up. I'm guessing probably between all the extremes. The truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But boy, is it not a good look.
2: It's a shocking look. It really is. I mean, it's just. Look, we'll get to the actual decision in a moment. What's act, the way this has been handled? I want to get to is absolutely disgraceful. I mean, they've they have had two press conferences so far. The FFA about this for about 25 minutes total. They've said nothing. There's only two questions people want answers to. Okay, one you can't answer, which is who made this decision, who said he needs to go. But the one of why is he gone. Surely you can say more than what you have other than was it, um, culture issues or whatever they're, what, they're going on about. Something like that. Surely you can expand that out more. I mean, I think back to when Bruce Raw made a very um, unpopular, controversial decision with Mike Mulvey. Within two days, Sean Dobson was having a lengthy press conference explaining the decision. Rightly or wrongly, we you agree with it or know. not, they did explain it yeah. in some detail. We haven't got anything from the FFA. Surely you can say something. Yeah. To outline why this is necessary, why you, Why it's so necessary to get rid of arguably the most successful coach the national team's ever had five months before a World Cup, which you're aiming to win, as you keep saying. There has to be a, a reason for this that you can outline, surely. Other than just vanilla words which really don't make much sense. You good? I'm good. Okay. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I just wanted to make sure that you had your chance to get your rant in. <sighs> uh, it, it is just utterly bizarre. Like... And the problem is I, I'm kind of loath mm. to go too far into the speculation yeah. and innuendo about what Stagic is yeah. you know assumed mm. to have done or not done but you do almost yeah. kind of wonder like, if some of it is true and it's just a case of he's pushing the players too hard which I just can't see it being as simple yeah. as that. like I think a lot of coaches you know can be a little mm. a little bit prickish, I think that's fair <laughs> to say. And it's their job to try and get the best. And if they feel the best way to do that is to push them hard, then so be it. Like some of the take a look at all the successful coaches, like Jose Mourinho. He yeah. is a massive word that I can't say right now.
1: Megalomaniacs, one that comes to mind. That's what we can use on this show.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah. That's yeah. a lot more lengthy than what I was thinking. To be fair, <laughs> that got him fired <laughs> though. So. Well, it's gotten him Eventually. fired a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: gotten fired a lot of places. But it's also, you know, drawn success. But but um, there is also
0: yeah. rumours of you know. Behind the scenes stuff, yeah. which look again, I just can't say like I can't say anything because I
2: have no yeah. clue what you, you don't know which reports to believe about it. That's the problem. And what, what There's so many different reports, and they're all saying different things. It's not like any of them you can call yeah. collaborate together to kind of get a picture, it's all completely different. One's going in one direction, the, another one's the going problem a is, is that one. as
1: each day passes, more and more comes through, and the story just gets more and more confusing, yeah. and the story becomes. You're thinking, why? You know, that's, look, at the end of the day, I'm, not, I, I'm on the same lines of Scott on this. That you know, at the end of the day, I just want David Gallup or Chris Niku or someone a high authority to answer the question: Alan Static was sacked because dot 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 dot, and not because of legal reasons that we can't say anything or all this mumbo jumbo. I think I think at the end of the day, you know, I know there's confidentiality. Is is this confidentiality? And then look, and, not, and I don't think the fair-minded people are not asking for the chapter and verse version, yeah. but even even questions of with these confidentiality clauses, which is, sticks out in my mind. Who asked for the confidentiality? Was it FFA? Yeah. Uh, we've got the confidentiality, or is it Alan Stagic yeah. that to us the confidentiality? Because that goes a long way to saying, okay, well, there's something you know right or wrong. You know, is this is this a you know a coaching assassination? Or is this a? You know, or has he done something truly wrong? Until that's answered, we don't know. We don't know where this goes.
0: Because that, that's saying like some of the accusations have been that this has been a power play from some people behind the scenes to try and get a yeah. female coaching the Matildas, and well, I think it's fair to say the Matildas haven't had the best year results wise. They've only
2: won a couple of the games. The results haven't been great. The performances haven't been have been actually... But has they l- scraped through in the Asian Cup? In truth, against they got a, they got quite lucky actually in a couple yeah. of the games. I remember. One really against Japan, good. particularly, I think, well, was probably... a career. One of those two games in the group stage where they actually had to score a well, last-minute goal they'll just, just to get guarantee that spot. Yeah. They, so the performances weren't fantastic. But how but, much
0: of this was also... like? But how much of that was... I feel like we've talked about this in yeah. the show in the past. How much of that was just getting everything ready for the World yeah. Cup?
1: Yeah, look, that's the thing is, is that uh, there's going to be a big cultural review because, because, you know, the Socceroos aren't performing in the Middle East. So that's the thing is that we all put it down to, oh, Socceroos, stop. so the Matildas struggled in Jordan. Because that's, that's where the tournament was, yeah. was because of it's a very, very vast and different environment. And I think, we, I think we all said, you know what, at the end of the day, it happens. Yeah. But for it to come out and say, "Oh, that you know, there's a culture issue, like the culture mm-hmm. issue, or there's something you know, mm-hmm. structurally wrong behind the scenes and all that," it's yeah, it's sort of un- unfathomable. It needs more, but it, yeah. more, it, but it yeah. does need more elaboration. It does need more answers. Not all the r-
2: results were all that bad, because don't forget they came within a 93rd minute corner from beating USA for the first time over, or second time I think it was over there last year, and they beat Bra- Brazil again in the tournament of nations. They were that close to winning the competition over there again, so they weren't all bad. And the other thing is, this is now the second time David Gallup's given a press conference, which has been less than enthusiastic, look, I, or less just... than what was required. Because I think back to remember the fans versus FFA nonsense. Yeah, yeah. He he gave a press conference at that time as well, which was less than convincing. The, the Saturday... Which then I think Stephen, though, he had to then come in and over the top mm. and clear everything up. So this is the second time now David Gallup's not given the greatest of press conferences. And by the way, why is he walking away way out halfway through a press conference? Yeah, well, that's, that's all... a bad look. I was
1: actually make that point that you know. I could've forgiven the Saturday one, Saturday morning one because of the shock, I had to they had to sort of repeat you know, they had to sort of you know dip in the bud because it was going wildfire. They had to had to at least report on that end of that. But what I can't in my mind or I can't forgive is that shambles on Monday. That that that, that, you know, that David got that was as you expect but like no matter what you think of him personally yeah. as as a CEO Administ- uh, you know, a sports administrator of one of the four big leagues in this country to give that sort of response was you know I'm sorry but I can't think of any other word than pathetic it and I think it, didn't, it really. didn't add anything it was pointless it was a
2: pointless press conference they said yeah. absolutely nothing Look, in fact
1: he added more more you know layers of questions and answers yeah.
2: but surely that's also where like
0: you see this happening all around the world where maybe instead of like instead of Gallup walking off surely that's where like m- my Analysis of it is simply, surely that's where you, you know give a little signal to your media manager under the table or behind the scenes to say, all right, last question,
2: and that's it. Like you do something mm-hmm. to. Make, I spot you make a good point because don't forget the FA media manager would be in the UAE yeah, yeah. as well, so I don't know if they have another person in. I'm pretty yeah, sure they do, yeah. In yeah, yeah. Sydney, but the main media manager is probably over in the UAE, so. Yeah, I don't know, but even then,
0: they'd still have somebody yeah. there. I don't know,
2: but yeah, I think the problem is
0: right now. The longer they let this go, the more speculation and innuendo they, I suppose, they uh, invite. But, speaking of speculation and innuendo, who's going to take over from Alan Stadjic? That's a good question. Well, uh, on Saturday afternoon, two candidates actually got to face off on the sidelines of a W League game. And in both cases, uh, in the post-game press conference, you guys actually got to ask uh, about their potential interest in the job. So first we're going to hear from Mel Andretta, and then we're going to hear from Sydney FC coach Ante Juric.
3: Look, I've been asked this question um, many times, even Already? after, you know, last season and some of the achievements we've made and I'll say the same thing that, uh, now that I said then and I, I don't know about the future. For me, I'm still an apprentice senior coach and this is my third season only and for me, getting the experience um, and learning in this environment first is uh, most important and I have to focus on being better here. Um, leading this program um, staff and players and um, before I look ahead um, every coach is aspirational and you know we all want to test ourselves um, at the highest level and if those opportunities down the track are presented um, you know across that bridge but I'm nowhere near thinking about that I'm focused on this lot and bouncing back from a, a loss
1: Oh,
2: I, don't, I don't know what happened. If it happens, great, but I'm focused on these girls. I, I was at FFA as a TD for four years. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But Stad should still be here. I don't know why he's not. It's a little bit of a
0: shame. But, but anyway, yeah, we'll focus on FC. All right, so that's two coaches who are obviously fairly non committal right now, but I think it's. Only natural for both of them to be yeah. interested in taking that position. No. I mean, I'd yeah. be interested in taking it. They were
2: it. asked that question about six hours after the position officially became available. And don't forget, in that time, they were focused solely on that yeah. game on Saturday. So they probably hadn't even given it any thought, even though they probably knew the question was coming.
0: I, You'd have to know it's yeah. was coming. But yeah, so that's two names also. Another one I've seen thrown out, Joe Montemuro. He's currently cool working option. with Arsenal. Yeah. And i like from Melbourne City. Yeah. And uh, another one that I actually heard—a dark horse, Ross Aloisi—was that a conspiracy theory that came from your side of town, Adam? It was.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it, it just seemed—it just seemed as though, look, and, and that's like, no Ross Aloisi has got history with women's football, um, but but yeah, and obviously his his resignation, which we haven't. Uh,
2: I was about to say that. Yeah, yeah. we haven't
1: actually. Tough uh, <laughs> that. It's been available. such a it's, it's in such a uh, hectic week in the national front. We haven't even talked about the. The supposed staff exodus that's going on at Logan at the moment, but yeah, um, yeah I you know, the timing that was fairly was fairly interesting. That you now Ross Wisti resigns, all of a sudden the um, the Australian the Matildas coaching position has been vacated. So he was,
2: was he assistant at Matildas at one point? He, he was. was. He was. Yeah. He
0: was when he was hired. No, uh, to come to Brisbane with John. So
2: yeah. And just to go full circle on the news, obviously Ross has left the club along with Danny Ciardo as well, and both were announced on Friday afternoon.
0: That's right. Speaking of Friday afternoon. I think we need to take a quick breath, come back and preview the A-League clash against Western Sydney Wanderers. We'll be back after this.
2: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll
0: be back after this. All right, we're back for the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review and it's James Scott and Adam here to preview the Raw's Friday night clash in the A-League against Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, the good news for this game... The Roar are playing a side in worse form than they are. The Wanderers have lost six in a row. We're all terribly looking
2: forward to this game. Yeah. Eighth it, versus ninth, another classic showdown at Suncorp. Look, no, honestly, this would actually be a good game in all seriousness with the way, the mm-hmm. fact the Wanderers are play, playing a lot of young players and the Roar may have to, so. It could be an interesting game.
0: Well, yeah, we should clarify. It's not necessarily Brisbane Roar's A League side, it's what's left of Brisbane <laughs> yes. Roar's A League side. Now, we've talked about uh, the fact that they've got the double duty with the Youth League as well. So the question <laughs> is. With Mork, Holman, and Papadopoulos out injured, Jacob Pepper, Matt McKay, and Eric Bortiak suspended for yellow card accumulation, yep. and Thomas Christensen, a big question mark considering he limped off with injury and we all know his history. Mm-hmm. How, like, who's
2: going to play? It's a very interesting question. Oh. I'll Lopez will come back in after he was rested at the weekend. For a calf strain, yep. according to the Courier Mail? Oh, geez, I mean, he might not be ready either then, if that's the case. Um, obviously, Stefan Neger will come in. Does yep. the same... Um, probably D'Agostino gets back in and then who knows who makes the bench you probably have to probably have to sacrifice one or two players from your your wide league chances to fill out the bench so you're probably looking at a Shannon Brady or a Daniel Leck being on the bench in this game just to provide an option because someone's got to be on the bench right you can't go with like one player on the bench it's not going to be allowed
0: let's start at the back obviously you've got Jamie Young and uh, thankfully
1: he's right. yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then you've got uh, Brendan White on the yeah. bench, obviously. So, we so refer
2: back to a back four of Hingott, Bowles, De Vere, and Conor O'Toole. Cool. Yeah. I'd fu- yeah. be fine with that. That's
1: cool. fine, but then this and is where the problem starts. And the
2: midfield is what? Coletti, Mackay, and Lopez? No, Mackay. Mackay suspended? Oh, Mackay suspended. Great, so that works really, so really you, well.
0: So, you ma- so you obviously you've got Mackay and. Oh, not Mackay. You've got uh, Mini Mackay, Coletti.
2: Yep. Col- so Coletti what? and Lopez and D'Agostino? Yeah, we'll yeah, be the 10. Could you actually yeah. see
0: those two playing as a duo, and then Yeah,
2: ding-dags the Ding Dags is a 10, yeah, and then the front third's okay. You've so got Bortiak? No, he's no. suspended. And you've got Dingham? Yeah, Dingham you,
0: and. Dane Ingham. Dane We call him Dingham. But <laughs> it's just easier than typing it. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> yeah, Ingham and what? Enrique, probably? Yeah. Uh, along with Taggart, Old Mickelson. Take Enrique, your pick. Yep. Take your pick of those two, Enrique, Mikkel- or Mickelson. It's, you might you might, you
1: might not need you might not need the likes of a Brady or elect because then yeah it I, might be the players the, the
2: other it, end of the field you need yeah
1: yeah because then, obviously then on the bench you're, you're too obviously because you've got Mickelson there uh Halls Halls will obviously be yeah. on the on the bench so yeah it's just Negro so you might need maybe yeah.
2: one or two probably, probably a Jay Barnett who's been named in the squad recently It's midfield cover maybe Aaron Reed and defensively although Stephen Negro is there as well I think so you might only need to lose one player but so you're, just or two because you have to keep one player here as well in case of injury in the warm-up, someone you can slip into the bench as required. So yeah. Probably two players out of that wire league side will have to stay in Brisbane as cover.
0: Are you sure? Is there no one in the backroom staff that they can sign to a one-day contract? Oh, I can think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd be happy with me mentioning it, but I
1: think can think of one.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> just just saying. Yeah, you can deal with the wrath of that. with oh, the no,
1: effort. that's why I've not mentioning any names. <laughs>
2: Yes, uh, so... A former left-back, I believe, you're a <laughs> to. <it. Okay. laughs> he, he said it to not leave me. The country. Yeah, Where he not? said it Not <laughs> me. I didn't say it. He said
1: it. <laughs> no, well, th-
0: at least Adam picked up the joke that I was yeah. setting up mm. for there. So, mm. obviously, so you got, yeah, on the bench, then you've got Brennan White, Stephanie Groh, Dylan Wenzel-Halls, and, yeah, I don't
2: know. Ben yeah. Yeah. Med- Mickelson and Amit you, Yeah, I'm sure they're all be really glad we're giving out what their team's probably going to be. For to anyone be, listening to this in West Sydney.
0: To be fair... I'm pretty sure anyone in West Sydney could have worked that out by process of elimination <laughs> yeah, anyway. not not like a, It's not like a situation where there's, you know, 247 mm. players to pick at 15-man I, yeah. I
1: would suggest for any Western Sydney fans they that they look at their own backyard they worry mm. about the Raw. Well, that's the other thing that I wanted to
0: get onto is the mm. fact that Western Sydney is equally depleted. Yes. Obviously, yeah. you've got Bam Johan
2: out injured from memory, or is it Riera? I, Re- but, but, yeah. Bam Johan's yeah. out. Riera came back yesterday, I think. Was, I was named in the squad yesterday for their game against Melbourne City, so.
1: And also, and also, no, Ziegler, um, and I think Backus will be suspended.
2: Hope, I don't know if he's available but hopefully Kwame Yubawa, the former Raw Strikers, available because I'm really, really looking forward to seeing he, him play in he person came after, all him, all yeah. after all these. After all these, be good to see him and his development, how he's improved but I think he's injured, so. Yeah. Because they've kind of obviously used him a lot since he's arrived in, in January, so.
0: Yeah, get, get ready to see maybe a couple of fairly high jersey numbers on um, Friday night mm-hmm. but look, People have been wanting to see young players get a chance. This is it. Western
2: Sydney has certainly thrown them in. And to great success as well. And we'll get to it in future weeks with the Raw about what they should do when the Wild League's finish. But the Wanderers have shown you can be highly competitive and compete with the top teams with young players, so...
1: I think the good, the good thing as well with these wanderers youngsters is not they're not like they're just say kids off the street. Like, these are these are young yeah. young soccerers. You know, these are these are you know. I think in some cases these are even you know did, what's the next level, Joey's. I think yeah. yeah, it's under 17. So like these, these are high quality players. They're getting their chance. You know, and I think I think you know, at least from a national juniors perspective, the, the fact that these kids are getting you know A League minutes will be you know encouraging for their continuing development.
2: Absolutely. It's interesting too that one, uh, one of the very few foreign managers in the country is one of the few managers who's actually prepared to throw youngsters in. That's very interesting. Well, mm.
0: he did have a quote I saw earlier today saying, "We can't defend." So if I'm Adam Taggart, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking hat trick opportunity. So yeah. Speaking of Marcus Babbel, the other prediction I wanted to get from you. What ensemble is he going to go with? Maybe a floral pattern again for the shirt, or I think, I think I
1: think I think yeah I think he'll go in his beachwear again. I think yeah. it's going to be
0: 34. I and was about to ask you what the temperature is going to be. 34
1: and about 80 humidity, I think, on
0: Friday night scheduled. No one wants me to go in my beachwear, and I'm pretty sure Suncorp <laughs> won't let me in if I'm not wearing a shirt. So
2: I right, nah. get your little lanyard on, that let you in. <laughs> it works for Marcus Babel. I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, that's completely pointless.
0: Yeah, I just want to finish off yeah. on a lighthearted <laughs> night.
2: So he is the best dressed coach in the A League. That's no doubt oh, yeah. about that.
0: Ah. I will say, John Aloisi. I love you know the sharp suit, yep. but it's great Bob well, with a bit of flair.
1: No, both sponsored by uh, the the same uh, clothing company,
0: Joe Black. Yeah, yes, right. We're not on community radio anymore. <laughs> <That's> right, <laughs> <we're at,
1: laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> anyway, can we say yeah? Yeah, know, But uh, it's obviously, Joe Black getting some high slugs at the moment.
2: Excellent clothing, and we're happy to wear yeah. their stuff anytime. Yes. Yes,
0: absolutely for this p- audio medium. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, maybe I could justify wearing it to work one day. Anyway, yeah, so let's uh, close out with some predictions for the game. Will the Raw win, Scott?
2: I really hope so, but I think it'll be a draw.
0: I'm going for a score draw. Adam?
1: I think I think it's going to be a, a Raw win. I think just it's... At some point, this run's got to stop. I think there is no better opportunity for um, a 10-game run to end at home. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. This, this is going to be... Otherwise, it, is, it could be a lot longer this streak goes on if they don't get the job done on Friday night.
0: Yeah. All right, well, look, there's a lot to look forward to, but I suppose for us, Adam, we'll miss you in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, look, I'm actually... Now, what I'm saying, I'm hoping that at least at the Royal we'll have a win while I'm away, if not on Friday night. But but I guess, like, so, quickly, just some predictions. Mm. You know, good luck to the youth team. I hope they, hope they get the points on Friday afternoon and, you know, and make that grand final and go on and win it and I hope until, uh, until the, um,
2: Raw, the w Raw. League. Yeah, Raw W you League you won't P. be back for that finishes will you? No, no, no they'll be, be, well.
1: yep, mm. be all over by the time, yeah. time I get back So
2: do some good scouting would you're over there would you?
1: watch as many games as you can and just I'll do the scouting for uh, for the Mariners in Malta <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, as much football will see I'll be if
2: getting. you can find some players that we can send the CV to the Raw, too. Oh, no, you Some top I players, might, you? I might
1: run to Lionel Messi at the new camp when I'm there, so... Yeah, just
0: mention how good Brisbane is. <laughs> and also, yeah. uh, we should point out that if all three Raw sides do win this weekend, I'm talking to the person I know in customs and you're not getting let back in the <laughs>
1: <time>.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. <laughs> oh, I might be the problem. <laughs> all right, well, Adam, yep. enjoy your trip. Yeah, Scott, no.
2: yep. I'll see you next mm-hmm. week. You'll be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: be fine, I swear. Yeah. Okay. All right, and we'll... We were going to say who we've got for next week, but truthfully, I've actually forgotten who we were planning on lining up. Yes. So <laughs> it'll be Scott, myself, and somebody in Adam's chair. Oh, shed.
1: why are the, the building suspense?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll be good. Yes. And probably yeah. try and show us up as well. Anyway. Yeah, it's get, not hard. Yeah. Get to court Friday night. Enjoy both games. And yep. yeah, we'll be back next Wednesday. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you then.